Hello, friends, and welcome to the Healing Ground Movement. Now, for more content and bonus features, you can join us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, all of our content is delivered freely. So please consider supporting the show by donating via the link on our website at healinggroundmovement.com or liking and reviewing the podcast on your favorite platform. Enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my all-time favorite apps, Blinkist. I found out about this app when I was pregnant and didn't have as much time to read, particularly into those early years of mothering, and it has been a game changer. Blinkist brings you knowledge from top nonfiction and podcasts so you can learn anytime, anywhere, and the best part is it condenses it down into 15 minutes. You can either listen or read to key ideas from best-selling nonfiction in just 15 minutes. So you keep getting all of these great recommendations, all the parenting books, all the health books, all of the things that you know you should be doing and know that you should know more about, but you just don't have the time to read the full version. You can get the Cliff Notes version from Blinkist. They have teamed up with podcast creators to bring you key insights from podcasts as well. And there is expert curation, their handpicked recommendation tailored to what you're interested in. So the more you listen, the more specific your recommendations get. Visit healinggroundmovement.com slash resources for a free trial of Blinkist. I know you're going to love it as much as I do. Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Healing Ground Movement Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Carly Hudson, and with me today, we have Gian Carlos Torres. He is a person who is passionate about the immune system and how people can fix it, and today we're going to talk about one very specific facet of the immune system. Um, It's kind of a darling these days. It comes in and out of vogue, um, and that is talking about glutathione. I think it is a often misunderstood as well as underrepresented aspect of our immune system. So we're going to dive in with my my new friend, Gianco, what he likes to be called by his friends, and um, learn a little bit more about glutathione and how it became such an important part of his life and a role in in the health of his family. So so welcome, Gianco. Thank you for joining us today. Carly, thank you for the invitation. I can't wait to be talking to you and to the audience about things that we love to talk about. <laughs> this is beautiful. I always tell my guests that this is basically just two nerds having a conversation that accidentally ends up online. <laughs> that's, that's 2022 for you, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, so Joko, you had a really personal experience that kind of brought you into this role of, of supporting um, complementary health and, and falling in love with glutathione in your own way. Do you mind uh, sharing our, with our listeners that? Of course. It all started in 2015 when my mom got ill, uh, basically from being very active on two work, very active in business. She started to tell us, you know, I, I'm not feeling good. And we were going through a stressful time in our lives, Carly. So we just thought, you know, it's probably just high stress. Once we kind of go through this, she'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But that situation was over and she was feeling worse and worse. I mean, she started to get this chronic fatigue. And I know many here in the audience have chronic fatigue or have fought against chronic fatigue. And she had never experienced this ever, which is interesting, Carly, because she is also a breast cancer survivor. Uh-huh. At times, this chronic fatigue was so bad that she felt even worse than when she had cancer. Because mm-hmm. she, she had no life. Like, basically, like, she would just wake up, she would do what she had to do, and then she'd be in bed the whole day. 
I know a lot of our listeners can really identify with that aspect that it's interesting because a lot of the really heavy hitting diseases that we hear so much about, you know, in, in all due respect to what it takes to overcome cancer, it, that's not always the thing that is, that is the worst to overcome, but not being able to engage in your life, you know, that's what really, you know, makes us stop and, and take stock of what our choices are. So true. So mm-hmm. true. And, you know, What's worse, Carly, and I know I know you know this in your audience, is that we would go to doctors, all kinds of doctors, and the response was either it's psychological, it's not mm-hmm. real, um, or we would just basically buy lots of supplements and lots of stuff and nothing would work. Mm-hmm. And we were going through this, or she was going through this really for a year, and she had no life. And what was more frustrating, I would even say, is not only that mom was ill, but we had no clarity and clarity is power. So when he was, when we don't have clarity, we feel lost. So none of us knew what she had, none of us. And, uh, you know, honestly, I was just talking to my family about this recently. And I think at some point, Carly, we even thought that she was never going to get better again. Yeah. Until, until one day someone mentions glutathione. And they say, hey, have you ever heard about glutathione therapy? And we said, no, never heard of it. What's that? And he started talking just a little bit about glutathione. Now, this person didn't really know much about glutathione, but she had seen amazing results raising glutathione inside the body. So she said, look, here's some information. I found a way to raise glutathione from a company from Canada. Check it out. As simple as that. So we said, oh, so we said, okay, cool. Why not? And mm-hmm. in the investigation, we liked what we saw. We had never heard about that word glutathione. It was actually so complicated for us. Um, and basically we found a way to raise glutathione inside the cells. And what I remember, Carly, is a week passes by. I wake up a Sunday morning and I say, you're cleaning and reorganizing the whole kitchen. I know. (laughs) And I was like, mom, what what happened? And she says, it's, 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 it's the stuff, man. (laughs) We still don't even know glutathione. You're following me? Like what, what we know. Mm-hmm. Is that she's out of bed. Mm-hmm. And this was when we used to live in Florida by that time. And she says, hey, um, I want to go walk out the beach. And we said, whoa. So we all got really passionate about, okay, what is this doing? What's school to scion? And how can this benefit us maybe in a preventive way? Yeah. And I got really passionate about it. Like I bought all the books. I started speaking to scientists and doctors that could help me with this topic. And since my family and I, we decided to, to help people raise glutathione levels. And we've been able to help thousands of people. That's fabulous. And I love, you know, I I talk to so many people and I have my own story that our our listeners know about, but, you know, these moments of pivotal change, they seem to kind of come out of nowhere in this whole um, realm of searching and searching. And so often it is this offhanded suggestion scribbled on a post-it note of like, ah, no, maybe it's going to help. And when you, I like that you brought up this, this lack of clarity, when you are searching and just looking for an answer, um, that, that miracle post-it note can just be, make all the difference. Cause when you don't know what to call the demon you're facing, um, it sure makes it a lot harder to find your own answer. So sometimes it does require a leap of faith. (laughs) So true. So true. It's everything is clarity, honestly, especially Mm -hmm. in the health space. Yeah. 
Well, and so I know that your mom's story started with uh, high stress, and I think we're going to see a trend where the application of glutathione, and I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about its role in the body, has a lot to do with high stress. Because in, in this way, the chronic fatigue that we often feel or this breakdown that we have, this emotional hangover after stress, you know, it can start off so small and so manageable, but left untended, we just get a deeper and deeper pit that's harder and harder to get out of. But the, the missing piece is actually quite simple. Um, and talk a little bit about what glutathione does and why stress matters in, in its application. Good question, Carly. You know, I'm a big fan of just general antioxidants mm-hmm. uh, because simply put, as you know, Dr. Carly, if you have a very healthy antioxidant level, you can live a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that's why good diets, good sleep, all these things contribute to longevity. Mm-hmm. And I was just investigating recently about a, a place in Italy called Sardinia. I'm not sure if, you, if, if you've ever, okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And <laughs> how Sardinia, many people live over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And one big factor is anti-inflammatory foods. They have a particular wine called Canona wine. But one really big factor is low stress. Mm-hmm. So all of these factors, good diet, Diets high in antioxidants and low stress contributes to them living over 100 years old. And the more studies pop along shows that stress has a huge role on the immune system. I mean, I've spoken to so many people, Carly, and I know you've spoken to more people because you're a doctor, but I spoke to, to so many people that call me and say, look, I heard about glucosine. I heard about this product. Help me. So, you know, like I'm asking questions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they tell me that they're going through this really tough condition or they have, sometimes I ask, did you go through a stressful moment? Like, right. You know, you know, like a year before mm-hmm. 90% of the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, please keep going. I was going to say, well, it just, it, it really speaks, I think, to the amazingness of the human body yes. that we have, you know, we have these stressful things and we have to get through it. We have to go into survival mode. I think so many people are identifying with this just over the last two years as a global community that we have to get through it. And then once the apparent danger or stress is gone, how often does our body just go, oh, thank goodness, now I can fall apart. <laughs> I don't have to hold myself together with chewing gum and duct tape anymore. Um because life has gotten calm again, but all of that comes from the impact of stress and how how it degrades our body and it degrades these important physiological pathways that we need to have that energy and engagement. So true, so true. And you know, in in business, there's a quote that says it's it's eighty percent mindset, twenty percent mechanics. And in mm-hmm. health, it's, it's it's so true. You know, so many so many wise people in the past, you know, that have said that a health, you know, a, a joyful heart means a healthy body. Mm-hmm. But then stress puts it down, and you know, high stress and oxygen levels just go down. Mm-hmm. And that's and why we, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, could you talk a little bit about what antioxidants do? Because I think we hear about this a lot. We know we got our blueberries, we know we got our acai berries. There's all sorts of great, well, usually berries, places to get our antioxidants. But why why should we care about needing those? What is antioxidizing really all about? You know. Th- the, the the word antioxidant, you know, for your audience is basically anti-aging. Mm-hmm. And antioxidants are molecules that protect us 
mm-hmm. from too many free radicals, which basically too much, too many free radicals means that our body is aging quicker than what's supposed to age. And that means conditions, diseases, stress, mm-hmm. um, bad skin. You know, there are people that are 60 years old, but look like they're 40. Mm-hmm. But the people that are 40, that look like they're 60. Well, what's the difference? They're antioxidant levels. So antioxidants are molecules that we all have that protect us so that we can live good. As simple as that. And they they protect us from, from so many things. Like I mean, they protect us from viruses, from fungi, from parasites from bacteria i mean you name it that's why the immune system okay our body's main defense system needs a high level of antioxidants like if if we don't have high levels of antioxidants we don't have a good immune system so it's true i like my favorite image that comes along with it is so antioxidants are against the things that anti against the things that oxidize our body so other examples of oxidation that we can see in our world is uh rust rust on metal is an oxidation. Um, the way I just had lunch and some of my lettuce had oxidized, it had turned red or my avocado had oxidized with that nice blackish scuzziest color on top. Um, all of that is what we watch our food or our belongings do on a way towards no longer being good. And we have that same process within our bodies, but as we are a living, breathing organism, we have just, as you've said, Gianco, these antioxidants that can work in combativeness so that we don't turn into a moldy avocado. And to your point, you know, like, as you mentioned about lettuce and avocado and Mm -hmm. an apple, for example, there's actually something very similar to all of that. If you leave it outside and you don't take care of it, that happens. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. our body. If you don't take care of our body or if we don't take care mm-hmm. of our bodies, the same thing happens. So it, it's it's funny how that that compares. You you don't take care of that apple; it stays outside, it rusts and it dies. Same mm-hmm. thing with our bodies, and that's why we have to be demophilia constantly. But you know, Carly, to to kind of go deeper on glutathione and stress, simple, high levels of stress, glutathione depletes, and that's one reason why we need very high levels of glutathione. Yep, because stress is um, makes the body work harder makes yes. us run through our energy stores faster. And one of those energy stores is glutathione. We are going to use it until we have lost it. And when we have lost it, well, now we're in trouble. Right, absolutely. Exactly how it is. So so when we think about glutathione, it feels like it's almost too simple to say, given how severe some of these conditions are, including what your mother went through. Um, but to have it be as simple as a deficit of a key antioxidant in our body, a key mineral or component in our body, but it can really start to get, for some people, for many people, get start to get boiled down to the fact of your body is suffering because it needs something you don't have. Right. Yeah. 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you know, there in science, they say that there are over 5,000 antioxidants, you know, of course, the science that, you know, like it's always changing, right. You know, it's yeah. always investigating. And what, what's amazing, Carly, and for your audience, is that of all the antioxidants, like you said, acai, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, I mean, you name it, mm-hmm. you know, like just go to Whole Foods and you see hundreds and thousands, I mean, well, not hundreds of thousands, but <laughs> hundreds of antioxidants, okay? And people don't even know, like, what's, like, which one is more important, but of all of these thousands of antioxidants, studies prove time and time again that glutathione is the most important one. And it's, and it's the most important one because it's the glue, you see? So once we feed ourselves with vitamin C, vitamin E, just to give you two names, right? Um, very important amino acids. But as you know, Dr. Carly, 
Our bodies don't make vitamin C, for example. Mm -hmm. You have to eat it to get it. And once vitamin C touches a free radical, it dies with it. Mm -hmm. Now, glutathione doesn't. You see, glutathione is an, is an antioxidant that your own body makes. So you feed yourself with precursors, that, which we'll talk about, so that your own cells make glutathione. So now you have high levels of glutathione. Now you start feeding yourself with vitamin C or a good diet or whatever. And now your body's antioxidant system will be working at its max. So every single antioxidant depends on glutathione. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It really does hold a really crucial piece in, um, in a lot of physiological components within the body. We're talking about places of, of basically just, you know, finding cells that are worn down, which often get worn down due to stress or illness and right. clearing them out, getting rid of the garbage and leaving room for healthy cells to, to grow and succeed. Um, so you, you mentioned a little bit about precursors for glutathione. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what pre precursors are needed for glutathione and then maybe why supplementing with glutathione in and of itself is important? You know, that's one of my favorite questions because this is where people get confused and for good reason, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because once they hear about the word glutathione, Carly, as you know, the first thing they'll do is they'll go to the, you know, to their healthest mm -hmm. or their, their, their closest mm -hmm. health food store and they'll ask for glutathione. And they'll sell them a bottle, they'll drink it, and probably see no results and say, you know what, I tried glutathione, it didn't work. And there are many myths with raising glutathione. And the first most common myth I hear all the time is that you can eat it. <laughs> and that's a myth for a couple of reasons. The first reason why many doctors don't recommend raising glutathione by eating it is because that's not how we're made. <laughs> Our bodies are not made to just eat glutathione. Also, most glutathione pills are not made in a way for your body to digest it. That's mm -hmm. why 90% of them don't, are, are not so effective. There are some companies now that are creating a type of glutathione in which your body can digest it. There are some studies. I can't talk too much about it, honestly, because I really don't know how effective it is. But our bodies are not naturally made to just consume glutathione. That's the first part. The, the second part to answer your question, Carly, is people will say, oh, then I can just eat the precursors and foods. That's better than just consuming glutathione by itself. What happens is that we've seen time and time again that for you to get enough precursors from food, you have to eat a lot of it. For example, talk about raw broccoli. Raw broccoli has high levels of an, of an amino acid called cysteine. Cysteine is a, a, is a glutathione precursor. It's the most important one, actually. But what happens is that if you want to get your glutathione precursors just for raw broccoli, you have to eat tons of it, Carly, tons <laughs> of it, truckloads of it. And that probably isn't the best thing to do for anybody if you eat just tons and tons of raw broccoli. That's the first part. Raw fish has some cysteine also, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but fish recently has high levels of mercury. And mercury is one of the main causes of autism, actually. So I wouldn't recommend just eating fish every single day also. You also have raw meats, but because, you know, like raw meats have so much bacteria, I don't mm -hmm. also recommend that. You also have raw eggs, salmonella. And so, you know, like these are just certain foods that have high levels of, of glutathione precursors, but you mm -hmm. have to eat lots of it every single day to have enough. Now, in the 80s, some doctors called Dr. Gustavo Bunos and Dr. Patricia Kongshavit, they found a way through a protein to have enough cysteine so, you, so that your body can make glutathione. And it turns out that this protein is the closest to mother's milk. Mm -hmm. 
This is what I help people with. This is personally, Carly, my favorite way to raise blood design mm-hmm. because it's natural, it's effective, and it has very high levels of bonded cysteine. So this is what I prefer because this is where I see people get most results. There's also N-acetylcysteine. N-acetylcysteine mm-hmm. has been proven that it works. What happens that when it works as a supplement, there are iffy studies that prove that work and sometimes it doesn't work. So again, you know, everybody makes their own choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but my way is to that way because I've seen amazing results and that's what got my mom out of bed. That's amazing. Well, and I like that we bring up that because I think so often um, so many people want, they want to do right by doing um, supplements and and looking for these um, more healthful ways to support their bodies. Because I know a lot of times when it comes to chronic fatigue sort of things, you know, we're either self-treating with caffeine or maybe there are um, uh, mood mood disorders, uh, medications that are coming in to help with that. But it's it's trying to cover the symptoms instead of lifting up from the source of where the problem is. And so we want to make the best decisions we can, but to not understand that having glutathione that you consume a pill that is going to get digested into your stomach, that those enzymes are gonna denature it and it's not gonna do what you want. Like we start to have really expensive pee thinking that we're doing the right thing. That's perfect. That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of these supplements will turn out that way, but using them correctly and understanding that, you know, maybe there's a liposomal um, glutathione that that's going to help because it absorbs differently, or maybe we go to the precursors so that our body knows how to make it. We just have to give it the bricks and the mortar to do so. You know, understanding our physiology becomes a job within itself. I mean, it, it literally is. There are nutritionists and naturopaths out there that that we just need help unlocking so that we can get the results that we're looking for. So true. So true. I love the um, expensive pee. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but how, how many of us are taking supplements that just are, are poorly digested? You know, there's a lot of over-the-counter ones that, you know, we understand there's a double-edged sword. Um, when it comes to uh, being under the umbrella of the FDA or not, that um, with with oversight, you know, we can talk more about quality, but also because of the nature of bioindividuality and the ways that we come upon having some of these disease states, it's really hard to test large groups of people based on nutrient deficiencies. It's coming more and more, um, but there's also not a whole lot of money in it, especially compared to pharmaceutical. Um, So trying to get that research and get it funded is is a whole nother game. So it's a pretty fraught experience for people like your mom who are just wanting their life back. And it's a hard road to go. Well, you know, Carly, there's a a book and, you know, I I recommend it to you and your audience. Mm-hmm. It's called A Comprehensive Guide to Glutathione. Hopefully you can see it here with the blur. By mm-hmm. Dr. Jimmy Gutman. He is known as the world without expert glutathione. He's he's basically one of my mentors on this topic. Okay. And, and I mean, literally, by Carly and for your audience, this book will cover everything. Okay. So check it out. It'll be glutathione, cancer, aging, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, lung disease, AIDS. I mean, every single clinical study a doctor wants, it's all here. Okay. All the info you want about glutathione, everything is here. So I, I recommend this book. And um, I was talking to him about, about why is it that not so many people know about maybe glutathione or what it can do. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he says, it's simply put, he says, it's the money. He says, you know, like we only have, for example, my company, the one that we distribute this product, the Raise Glutathione, 
you know, yeah, we, you know, we've, we've sold a lot of product. We've, we've helped a lot of people, but we, we don't have 50 billion, like, you know, like Pfizer, yeah. <laughs> we don't have, we, we, you know, like, we don't have that cash. And so of course, you know, they can do a lot more things than us. That's just mm-hmm. a reality. And, but, 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 you know, but, you know, like the good part about all this is that we have podcasting and podcasting is amazing. Okay. With podcasting, you talk about these topics for free to help people. And that's why I love podcasting. That's why I love what you're doing because it does that, you know, maybe this podcast, just maybe it might be the missing piece for one person. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're looking for something else and they hear about glutathione supplementation and say, that's what I needed. And that's why I love podcasting because it's, it's such a moral way to help people with that. Now, talking a little bit about supplementation, Carly, I have to talk mm-hmm. about something with supplementation. Most supplements, not all of them, but most supplements are only been tested by mice. That could be an issue from what I've seen because most doctors, conventional doctors that are skeptical about natural means per se, their argument is I won't trust a supplement or a natural means because it's not been tested clinically. And they have a point with that. They have a point. Okay. And that's why most won't recommend supplements. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where whenever someone is making the decision to investigate about supplements and to see, is this good for me? Could be a friend recommending to them, could be them investigating about it. I don't know. But before they even purchase it, the question is, has it gone through a double blind clinical study? Mm -hmm. How many clinical studies has it gone through? And is it in the doctor's book? If a supplement goes through those three things, you know, double clinical study and the doctor's book, then generally speaking, I think it'll be very safe. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then well, I mean, it's up to the person. If it works, amazing, good for them, keep going forever. But a big part is research, research, and research. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm all about, really. Yeah. Well, and I think you have really walked the talk in that. And this is part of why I really love um, the idea of having you as a guest on the on the podcast is that... Um, you you really represent the experience of a layperson looking for answers. I mean, it's one thing for a doctor to come on and say, "Here's all the research and all of the da 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 da." But the fact of the matter is, just like you um, enumerated, that there's not a whole lot of research. There's often conflicting research um, with different types of benefits or risks or different levels of research. Um, very often we are told by MDs not to pursue a line of alternative or complementary medicine, whether it's because the research doesn't match what they want to see, or in many cases it's because they just haven't received any education on it to not know any better. I mean, most MDs only receive about five to 10 hours of nutritional training in their, in their education. So, you really have to do so much legwork on your own, just as you did, um, and then make that decision, not exactly with a clean checklist very often. So true. So true. You know, you, you mentioned again about complementary medicine and alternative medicine. And uh, the reason why this even popped up, right? You know, mm-hmm. complementary and alternative is that, again, you know, like in this book, in the end of this chapter, he talks about that. He talks about alternative and complementary medicine. And he says something's fascinating. He says that he, he doesn't like the term alternative, but I found it interesting. I said, why? He says, well, he said, because sometimes alternative basically means forget conventional. Mm. He says, and I think that's incorrect. I think he says, I think you should complement both when necessary. 
He says, and that's why I, I added, he told me, this, this term of complementary medicine. He says, because you get the best of both worlds. He says, when it's necessary to use conventional, use conventional. Mm-hmm. In your day-to-day, what's best is to use natural means to protect yourself, to protect your immune system, mm-hmm. to protect your emotions. He says, and that's why I'm such a big fan of complementary medicine. And uh, Carla, you like, we can see this with, with yourself and so many doctors that are now going with functional medicine, which is mm-hmm. what functional, the functional approach is both. It's not just one. And I think, I think there's an issue with alternative medicine in the sense of there's a battle between conventional and alternative. And that, th- that's not good for people. That's not good for the patients, not good for anybody. Because mm-hmm. again, we go back at times you might need an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. At times you might need to get some, maybe, I mean, just maybe yeah, at times you might need one. And this is where conventional medicine is so important. So, you know, glutathione, raising glutathione inside the body naturally is mm-hmm. complementary. Okay. You know, like when people ask me all the time, like, does this approach go against what my doctor is? Rep- I said, I always say, no, absolutely not contrary. You know, like you will be adding to what your doctor's doing to you. You know, you know Carly, you won't believe how many people that decide to raise glutathione inside the body with my product. Um, let's say, for example, someone is on 10 to 50 medications, just to give an example for anything, okay? They hear about glutathione, they hear about me, or, you know, like I'm someone in my company, they come to me and say, hey, look, I heard this, I explained. They mm-hmm. decide to raise glutathione, combining that with everything that they're doing. And so so many times they come back to me and say, hey, look, I went back to the doctor, you know, like after three months, and now I only need one medication. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the antioxidant level system mm-hmm. is getting so much stronger that the body needs less and less of the medication. So what's my goal? Well, my goal for everybody is to make the doctor's life even, you know, like even easier as possible. And if the doctor has an open mind, then maybe they can even raise glutathione with this product. I don't know. But the point is, is that my goal is not to take them out from the doctor. Never. Mm-hmm. My goal is to add to their life. And if maybe from 50 medication, they can do some one better. Agreed. And I, I so love um, this way of talking about it because I, I agree that there is a little bit of an us versus them conversation that happens. I mean, certainly between chiropractic and MD, I mean, that is one of the, this is actually the largest um, defamation lawsuit in the United States history was the AMA about against chiropractors, which wasn't actually really? settled into the 1990s. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, it was very much an us versus them. We, we were um, challenged to be uh, practicing without a license um, that our, our doctor, it was not a uh, physician's doctorate. And in some states, it's still not. Um, and, and instead of setting up this situation where we can, and this is a whole different conversation, a whole different category, but where we can work with the biomechanics of the body to reduce the need for headache medication and muscle relaxers and opiates. And there's so much research to say, like, this is what we do and we can work together. Um, it became a problem that, that we were treating patients and, and taking them away from the, their MD doctors. But if we can start to look at medicine, complementary medicine, conventional medicine in a sort of stay in your stay in your lane is how I like to think about it, is that we need conventional medicine for emergencies. You know, I had bacteria, speaking of needing antibiotics, I had bacterial meningitis when I was seven months old. And those antibiotics and steroids are the reasons I am here having a lovely conversation with you right now. But the reason my life has a quality worth living is because of all of the complementary things. I feel like it should be our goal to use conventional medicine as little as possible 
not because we are ignoring symptoms and trying to pretend like problems don't exist, but because we are taking care of ourselves with all of the things um, that is complementary to our health and makes us stronger and more resilient as individuals so that when unfortunate, unforeseen events in life happen, we know who to turn to, but we're not already dependent on so many medications because we haven't really been looking at the, the root of our problems all along. I agree. And, and you know, with, with chiropractors, I find it so funny that people still think it's pseudoscience. I think it's amazing. Like if you just go to Wikipedia, chiropractor, <laughs> it says it's pseudoscience. I, I can't believe that. Like I was just in Dallas, Texas mm-hmm. uh, and they have in every single gate, a clinic of chiropractic. Like it, like it is such like for me, my family, like, like I didn't even know this was a problem. Like for me, mm-hmm. chiropractors, I go into a regular doctor, like, like, for, like, that's how I'm wired because like my family's always done that. So like, I had no idea people would even doubt this practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like when you go to such important airports where they have chiropractic clinics everywhere, I mean, come on. I, I, for me, it's mind boggling to think that like, that people still doubt that honestly. Oh, well, and, and thankfully it's changing a lot. I always ask my patients if I'm their first chiropractor, if they have any thoughts or fears or whatever. And um, just in the uh, almost a decade now that I've been in private practice, the, yeah, I've heard, um, I, I, I hear that much less. So, so it's definitely changing, but um, I, I bring it up mostly to, to speak to what you brought up about, you know, we have to, in, in a way, you know, it's one thing to know what our resources are. It's one thing to know that glutathione is a really important aspect in our body. It just, uh, changes all this physiology to help us stay healthy. And, da, 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 da. Um, and because it's at the foundation of all of these physiological processes that are so important to our health, it's crucial, it's key, it's fabulous. But it's another to think, if I do take glutathione, I am now acting in opposition to conventional medicine and I'm a whack job. <laughs> you know, if, uh, if we I, can change the conversation about health to be right. more of a yes and, that, I think that's the way out of our health crisis. Absolutely. Uh, look, get the, the best of both worlds, understanding that preventive medicine is the best medicine. Whenever you need conventional, get conventional. As simple as that. Yeah. And, and I hope that, I hope it does become as simple as that so soon. Um, but when we, to, to circle back around to glutathione, I mean, this is, that's obviously one of my favorite soapboxes to get on. So I'm going to climb off of that now and we're going to keep talking about glutathione. Um, so we kind of alluded to the different things that having good glutathione levels and having a strong system of antioxidants does for the body. Um, yes. Can we uh, tease apart a little bit more why these have such a positive impact on so many disease processes, you know, that, that would change their need for so many different medications. How is it so ubiquitous? Well, you know, because you go back to how important it is for your antioxidant level, but you know, the best way to know about glutathione, to remember what glutathione does, because we have to remember that there are over a hundred thousand articles of glutathione. So it's practically mm-hmm. impossible to know every single detail, but if we know this acronym, which is four letters, IDEA, glutathione, what an IDEA, we'll basically know 90% about glutathione. So let's start with I, immune system. So glutathione is literally food for the immune system. And it's food for the immune system because the immune system's main role is to protect us from bad stuff. And bad stuff can be COVID-19, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That, that could be very bad. Yep. And the, the immune system does this by creating agents, right? They, they create white blood cells. These white blood cells convert into 
um, and K cells, and then they have the ability to fight off against a virus and cancer. I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. The only way that the immune system can create white blood cells is for the immune system to make glutathione. So if your body has the levels the glutathione, you don't have white blood cells, which makes you defenseless. I mean, you know, let's talk about, for example, AIDS, right? People don't die of AIDS. The reason why people with AIDS die generally is because they, 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 you know, like they don't have white blood cells. And since they don't have like white blood cells, literally a cough can kill them. Mm-hmm. So if so, if you raise glutathione, that, that could be a treatment because you raise white blood cells. So for that reason, it's food for the immune system. That's I got and just to circle back before I want to, before we move on to DEA is that, you know, when we circle around and, and talk about the immune system, because it has been such a hot topic over the last years because of COVID-19, um, you know, it's important to know that even with the vaccine program that's been coming out, that our reaction to the vaccine, as far as whether or not we build enough antibodies for it to make a difference in our bodies when we are exposed again to the virus, that actually has to do with how strong our immune system is. It's not a a surrogate immune system. It is a, and I'm trying to think of a terrible metaphor off the top of my head. It is a suggestion to our immune system to mount a response. But if we don't have a strong immune system, we have an, an, a suggestion injected into our arm and our body kind of shrugs and we yeah. won't mount as strong as a response to someone with a strong immune system. So regardless of what your approach to healthcare and choices around vaccination are, prioritizing your immune system is such a crucial part of overcoming any viral, bacterial, parasitic load, you name it. So true. So true. Mm-hmm. It, it, 100%. That's exactly <laughs> how it is. And, you know, going back to, to the acronym idea, mm-hmm. we go with the letter D, which is detoxification. And mm-hmm. 70% of our body's glutathione is in the liver. And the liver is the main organ that detoxifies. And it detoxifies mercury. We go back to mercury, for example, vaccines, like vaccines or not. You know, like we're not going to get into that, but mm-hmm. a lot of vaccines have mercury. And not mercury aluminum. <laughs> right. And many things have mercury. You know, like I just mentioned vaccines, but many things mm-hmm. have mercury. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, food and supplements actually, unfortunately, um, have mercury and mm-hmm. uh, fish. Again, you know, I know of an entrepreneur who ate fish every day for five years because that's what his nutritional coach recommended. And he almost dies. For mercury. For mercury. Oy. Mm-hmm. And he had no idea why. He said, I ate fish and salad every single day. And they say, well, fish has high levels of mercury. So he, he had to change his diet. So fish, a healthy source of omegas, has mm-hmm. mercury. Of course, it depends on the fish, but the whole point is that it has mercury. So what happens? One out of 40 children, I think now, and again, I'm not a statistics expert, but from what I know, one out of 40 kids has gets autism in the U.S. That's mm-hmm. scary. And they think that the number one factor of autism in kids is mercury. Mm-hmm. So this is just one bad, harmful, heavy metal or toxin that we ingest without even knowing. But there are, I mean, for example, like I'm here in New York. You know how many toxins there's in New York? (laughs) In the water, in the foods, in the air. I mean, uh, for example, medical treatments, chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Is chemotherapy good? Yes, it's effective. We know that. But Mm -hmm. does chemotherapy have toxins? Absolutely. Just a couple. Just a couple, right? <laughs> Just a couple. And, you know, for example, one of the, the toxins that causes cancer is carcinogens. Mm-hmm. 
glutathione will detoxify that convert into water. Same thing with mercury. Okay. So, so many toxins that either that come from treatment, from medical treatments that are important or from day-to-day life, glutathione will literally detoxify that. This will also talk about kidney and lungs. These are also organs that detoxify. Glutathione, mm-hmm. there's lots of glutathione in the lungs and the kidneys and they will detoxify. That's why many studies on asthma glutathione, mm-hmm. raise glutathione, many people with asthma get better. Why? Because the lungs can detoxify. Actually, I have a, a patient who um, she was working with a, a naturopath, a functional medicine doctor. Yes. And um, after here in Colorado, we we um, have this lovely Rocky Mountain Valley where we're getting okay. the, the uh, accumulation of smoke from forest fires okay. from any corner of the Western United States, which is terrible. And, but it's really tough on our lungs. And on top of that, she had um, a remodel going on in her house and had this reactive airway constriction that was so terrible. And what is she being put on now, except for glutathione to help with those detox pathways. And so you you bring up so many, so many ways that we need to look at our environment. And we've had a conversation um, a couple of times before on the podcast, talking about detox and detox pathways more generally. And the whole idea here is not to live in a bubble because that's its own problem. But what we need is, is to be able to have a body that can be in a world where we have things that we are processing. I mean, just like the example of fish and mercury, there are pieces of that that we want to absorb into our body and keep. And there are pieces that we want to get rid of water. We drink the air we breathe. The problem is, is that as the world has become more modernized, we have, gosh, um, one of our previous guests said how many new chemicals are coming into the market every every day or every year. And it's just, it's, bad. it's, bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shocking number. And so the work of our detox, detox pathways and organs, which as you mentioned is liver and kidney, um, lungs, um, our skin actually is going to be part of that as well, that it, they are working harder and harder and harder every single day. And no wonder we see such an increase of chronic fatigue and disease states um, throughout our modern populations. We're just, our bodies are working harder and we got to help them out. Well, look, I'll go even farther. After water, glutathione is the most important detoxifier. Hmm. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. That, that, so that's I and D. So immune system detoxification, even go with energy. Well, the first thing I saw my mom was energy. She was out of the bed and I, I, I wondered why. Well, glutathione works very closely with the mitochondria, our, 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 our energy cells. And these energy cells depend on glutathione for a lot of reasons. One, one reason why our energy cells depend on glutathione is because our energy cells create lots of, the medical term is oxyradicals, as you know. And these oxyradicals, this is a normal process of creating energy. <laughs> this process of creating oxyradicals it's supposed to be detoxified also. And if it's not detoxified, that stays in your body, that can give you chronic fatigue. And so glutathione will do that. Glutathione will, will get this oxy radical, convert it into water, and then you pee it out. So if you have low levels of glutathione, all these oxy radicals stay into your body, that causes oxidative stress, chronic fatigue, you wonder why. Mm-hmm. Pain in the body, you know, autoimmune. You raise glutathione, problem solved. This problem... Uh, or, or this this solution, um, a lot of Olympic athletes are looking and are raising glutathione to the body for this reason. That's uh, it's, it's amazing to um, to know that, and that's why it's key for energy. And the best part is that once you raise glutathione inside the body, it's, it's not like a caffeine energy. It's just mm-hmm. general well being. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that you bring that up. And, you know, for anyone who has um, suffered through the slings and arrows of the Krebs cycle and biology, I mean, that's what, that's what we learn. It's, it's how we make our energy packets in our body. It's, it's they're called ATP. Um, but, you got it. Yep. Uh, but everything, you know, everything has a byproduct. I mean, that's just kind of the nature. There's something excess and uh, Junko, as you pointed out, it is this oxygen, it's this oxygen. And that when it comes down to it on a really chemistry based level, that's what a free radical is, is just this radical oxygen running all over the place. That's why they're antioxidants. It's the oxygen and right. the glutathione, they need something to attach to or they're just going to keep piling up and running amok and destroying things in their body. They're going to float around until they find something stable. And if that something stable is part of glutathione where it can be taken away, or if that something stable is some piece of your cellular mechanism where now it's degrading, you know, two paths diverge in the woods, which one do you want to get on? I know. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. And, and uh, I like that you mentioned ATP because that's exactly what it is. I, I, <laughs> You know, it's funny. The HTP is simpler than explaining what I just explained. <laughs> it's simple. But yeah, I always forget about the HTP. <laughs> yeah, the ATP. I mean, it's it's once you get to the end of it, like, aha, and now you have ATP. But the Krebs cycle itself is, I still have nightmares from having to take those tests. That's right. not the simple part. But, you know, the end, the end place of where we arrive, where, where our listeners are going to care is, you know, once you have all of these components to make energy, there is byproduct. And, and so it, all, all, all Gianco and I are talking about are, are ways to keep a well-oiled machine so that it doesn't rust and fall apart. Right. And you know, this, this goes great to our last point, our last letter, which is A, antioxidant. Again, every single antioxidant depends on glutathione. So, you know, some people say, oh, you know, like I can get all my antioxidants or all of my nutrients with food. Well, sorry to say that's not entirely true because Again, talking to my friend mentor, Dr. Gutman, he mentioned to me an interesting fact. He said, if you decided to eat a peach now, compared to a peach in the 60s, you would have to eat 12 of those peaches. Mm -hmm. So this just shows how our soil and our foods are not getting better. They are getting worse for now. And so if you think you can get all of your nutrients from foods, even the best foods, I'm sorry to say that's not true. And that's that. That's one of the reasons why you need high levels of glutathione because this is where you will raise your antioxidant level. And, you know, every single person that lives over 100 years old, at least the ones that don't, at least the ones that they have done studies to, why they live over 100 years old? One of the main factors, because they all have high levels of glutathione. Why? It, it could be genetic. Yes, true. Some genes actually have, you know, help the body sustain more glutathione. That is true. Um, Foods, obviously, low stress, foods with cysteine, but all of the people that live around years old have high levels of glutathione. And and, and I think that's enough for someone to be interested in Mm -hmm. glutathione, you know? It's not not how much you live, per se. It's how much you live, but how much you enjoy living, you know? Like, I know friends that have been raising glutathione for 20 years or so, Okay. They're Sandy and Carly. They are jumping out of the pool. They're running. They're they're eating. I mean, they they make me look bad as a <laughs> you know. And I'm like, like you're like, how do you guys have so much? Well, they've been raising good time for years. Mm-hmm. And they have, and they look amazing. They look amazing. They feel great, and they do great things. So, you know, I think that's what people want. They just don't want to live longer. They want to live longer and have everything work. 
Yeah. And feel I mean, great and look great, you know, like um, and have good sin. And and Google sign is a very important factor on um longevity. I love that. Well, and I, I, I always love the conversation of the engineer. You want days on the earth or do you want quality of days on the earth? And I'm always going to take quality over quantity. Always. Any, any moment. Always. But, you know, part of what makes it, it, it we, we have this um, metaphor that we so often bring up in clinical practice and, and is that, you know, you're going to take the time to invest in your car and make sure you're changing the oil and you're giving it all the pieces it needs to keep running well. And, you know, you do your spring and winter maintenance on your house. And so often, I think largely just because we don't always understand how the human body works, we neglect to do that same kind of, um, of love and care for our bodies. It's a little bit more of a set it and forget it. And the unfortunate truth is that while we wish that we could just go about our day and eat food and and live and exist, and that's good enough, there are so many components of our lifestyle that over the last several decades, last hundred years, our food quality has deteriorated, even if we're eating whole foods. And if we're not eating whole foods, well, I just started calling those food-like products or exercises and chewing. They're not going to give you the things that you need. Um, Our movement has become more and more sedentary where we are not moving through ATP and creating energy the way we used to. That's not engaging glutathione the same way. And, you know, when we look at a 24-hour news source, our stress levels are just going up and up and up in a way that we're participating in the global stress story in a way that we never have before. We, we require more TLC and more intentional maintenance than we ever had in generations past. Um, and, and we just need to learn the ways to do that properly. Love it. So true. Beautiful. Well, Junko, thank you so much for coming and sharing so much great information about glutathione. I know you have a personal passion for it. Um, where can our listeners learn more about you, um, your take on glutathione and, and what you have to offer? So my, my personal website is this is Junko. So this is, and then Junko, G-I-A-N-C-O.com. You can find all the info about me, my social media links. You can email me. You can follow me through Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to know more about Sign and how to raise it, I'm here. And again, if you just want to talk, I can also just do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. You, you have um, taken what is such a complicated component of our physiology and made it so accessible. Um, I really uh, love bringing this kind of information and this kind of personal passion to our listeners. So thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Carly. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you took a lot from this um, conversation. And while no one supplement or one piece is always a panacea for anything that is going on with you, um, what I hope is with this conversation, we can start to understand and dive deeper into what are some functional mechanisms of what is happening in your body. And maybe researching into glutathione and talking with your healthcare providers, you may find that this is um, the direction that you need to go. But it might also encourage you to look deeper into other foundational functions physiological components that we just didn't cover here today to look for that source of complementary medicine to help you in your goals towards overall health and wellness. So look forward to seeing you next week with another episode of Healing Ground Movement Podcast. In the meantime, be well. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to today's episode. 
I hope you enjoyed what you heard and got a little something out of it to help you on your journey to health. Please, if you're inclined, share this podcast with a friend so we can help more people lead healthier lives. Now remember, the information expressed in these interviews is for informational and not diagnostic or treatment purposes. However, I hope you find that having the right information and resources can go a long way to helping you on your healthcare journey. Ask the right questions and seek out professional health. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Healing Ground Movement Podcast. Be well.